spot, put it in park. Here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here, alongside my co-host, Bush. Deez, what's going on, brother? Glad to be back, man. What are we, episode 26 now? 26, and we got a crowded house down here in Tampa, honestly. Uh, behind me, the producer, Jimbo. How we doing? <laughs> is that it? <laughs> How we doing, everyone? Good. Good to be back for episode 26, first of 2020. Let's get it rolling. <laughs> And uh, special guest tonight, uh, new to the FPP Tampa team, uh, he's going to go by Tampa Hoove. Hoover, how's it going, man? Hey, guys, doing great. Uh, first of all, welcome to Tampa, St. Pete area. Thanks, man. Thank Glad you. Glad to have you guys here. Yeah, some background on Hoove. Um, Hoove and I go way back um, from the day job, but uh, he was a resident of Tampa before my transition down here. Longtime podcast fan uh, of Free Parkings. And uh, it was just a natural fit for him to, to slide in and, and help us out with some stuff here in Tampa. So if you saw some content this week from the Bolts game, that was me and Hoover there. And there'll be plenty of more plenty more activities here uh, in 2020 with Tampa Hoove. RIP to your, uh, your hat, but also resurrection of your hat. Resurrection. Like Undertaker gif. Immediately after I threw the hat, we chucked the hat to the Bolts game. Uh, should we go into the entire story? We'll just go right into it. Right so. So last night, uh, Hoove and I went to the Tampa Bay Lightning game. We were honestly debating the entire time of a bet to place, right? We just kept looking and looking, and we're, we're going to wait and place a live bet, and then uh, before we know it, the game was out of hand. <laughs> it was like halfway through the second. There wasn't a goal scored, uh, and then it just erupted after it was, what, a 2-2 tie? The final ended up being 9-2. The start of the third period, Tampa scored so many goals in a row that the start of the third period was just three announcements of goals that were scored at the end of the second period. And then they scored again. And then they scored again. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen nine goals in a hockey game from one team. In, in person, that was probably, I mean, we saw, what, eight with the Flyers before? In person, I've never well, seen. Yeah. I've never seen. That's a lot in person. And, and as it was seven goals, Deaver and I looked at each other and said, has anybody got two? Can we root for a hat trick? Oh. Pretty much as that happened, every guy had one goal. Mm-hmm. And then, what's his name, scored again. Verhage? 23. Verhage scored again. All of a sudden, we had two. And I'm watching Deaver the rest of the third period, and he's glued to Verhage. Glued. The only place his eyes are looking. I watched him every single shift. Like, he went on the bench. I watched him on the bench. He hopped off on the ice. I was watching him on the ice because I, like, was gunning for, gunning for the hat trick. And we said, even before the game, when – they started to score a couple goals. It was probably like five to two at the time, and I was like, "Dude, we were talking about hat tricks. Like, if, if there is one, you got to throw it. You have to throw it." And I was wearing my favorite hat at the time, and of course, sure enough, he he pots one. We take a video, chuck the hats. One of the best feelings probably in sports to be a part of. Uh, and we stuck around. Who wanted to see the three stars of the game? After the three stars of the game announcement, fifty percent off hats for all season ticket holders. Textbook. Textbook. And, and, and I appreciate you ignoring my text to uh, snag me one of the 50% off hats. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I'd wait 7 to 10 days. 7 to 10 business days. No! You're serious? Oh, I just texted your address today for nothing. Alright, I'm not going to lie. I did. I had a feeling. I had, I had a feeling that that's why you did that. Yeah, 7 to 10 business days. I just take ground for you. No two-day. No, no, there's no... Alright. Ship it back. I don't want it. I don't want it anymore. Yo, real quick, uh, regarding your your hat toss, I don't know if anybody said this to you yet, but it it seriously looked like you were going to land it on the the guy who was clearing the ice's head. Uh, uh, Dude, like, you threw it. It was, like, tracking, tracking, tracking. Like, oh, oh, oh my God, it's going to hit his head. And then it didn't. It wasn't even close. But the angle was amazing. Dude, it was a lot harder to throw that thing than you you think. I mean, I honestly was gunning right for center ice, and it tailed off heavy. Uh, barely made it over. Did yours hit the glass? It hit the, the, gla- it hit the glass, and I think someone else gave it a little, <laughs> little bump, uh, over. little bump over. I mean, it's all right. You know, that's, we were what? We were twelve. We were twelve rows up. Yeah, I mean, thirteen rows. I never would have had a chance. No. <laughs> <laughs> twelve rows up, not a big deal. That's like one of those things where, like, you want to say you were like twenty-five rows up, but then actually, when you would brag about the seats, you were like, oh, we were five rows up. We were five rows up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yo, another hockey news. I'm back, baby. 
I was going to say, man, we missed it. Congratulations, Justin Williams. You are back on the ice in Carolina. Uh, big holdout this year. Wasn't sure if you were going to return. And uh, and you're here, man. So we're excited to see you back in the game. And uh, you got a statement for the folks? I do. I appreciate you not giving up on me. Uh, I appreciate a lot of you saying that I was going to come back. In my heart, I always knew I was. I'm playoff JW. Tough to beat. What do they call me, Mr. Uh, Mr. Game 7? So uh, I'm glad to be back, boys. I know, I know you're a jerk, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for damn sure. You fit in great with a bunch of jerks. <laughs> well, yeah, you might as well play this clip. Looking at my pop collar and my chain, I look like the biggest jerk of this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> Ridiculous. You look like you belong in the armpit of New York. Yeah, the Bronx with the with uh, Tony, me and Tony coming down to your deli shop, and you don't give us the wrong look, okay? You hear me? No wrong looks out of that guy, okay? <laughs> uh, so let's get some serious hockey talk here. Who brought up a great conversation piece last night at uh, at the game? Bush, tell me in all of sports, which one's the hardest? Phrase the question for me. Yeah. So, what's the hardest sport to come off the bench cold? And get into the game. Like, it's second, third, period, quarter, half, and you're going in. You've been on the bench the first half of the game, and all of a sudden you're going in. Which sport is the hardest to go from bench to field, drop of a hat? Which sport, which position? Um, I would say running back in football. <laughs> that wasn't even a part of our conversation. It wasn't even a part of our conversation. Interesting point, though. Give, give it to me. Why? Running back in football, if you're coming in cold, you don't know how the line's been moving all game. You, you see it, but you, 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 you haven't, haven't experienced it. You haven't gotten hit. You haven't gotten hit yet. Your, your legs are dry. You don't, have, you don't got the energy pumping. Um, but honestly, where were you guys getting at? How far off was I? Well, who brought up a great point last night? God. Yeah, so we can kind of we can go down some of the other points that Deaver and I hit on. I think he went first, uh, relief pitcher mm-hmm, in baseball, mm-hmm. and I, and I kind of I kind of bummed that one out. And it's like, hey man, you're warming up in the bullpen. Rosenbagger, warm up. You're going in. Garden hoser, ruling Groder. I never doubted him for a minute. Hey, way to go, Ronald Mucker! Ron Gardner, you're going in. What do you call me? <laughs> you're throwing yeah, And you're a relief pitcher. You're supposed to come in late. Exactly. And you get on the mound, what do they do? They let you throw a couple more. Right, right. Um, and Bush, to your guy on the sideline, and you're running back, I mean, you're going to get a little stretch in. You might get a little jog a little in. Time. A couple, mm-hmm. couple wind sprints on the sideline. Catch a ball. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you what, you come you come off the bench as a goalie in ice hockey, and you got to go right into the crease. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you oh haven't even been God. on your skates in maybe yeah. 40, 30, 40 minutes. And as we kept talking about, like, you're sitting there crouched Ten on seconds. the bench, not even in a natural position. Like, you're they're usually <laughs> on a, a stool, like a bar stool in the back corner opening the door all night. You're not, you know, you're not even close to being stretched out, ready to go. You haven't seen a shot, and it could be what an hour and a half since warmups, um, and you're out. You are out of the game. Like you are, you are checked out when you come in. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that. That's a good point. Well, I guess you couldn't say the same thing about a backup QB in football. They're warming up too. That's Throwing so two. true. We talked about it last night. Yeah, taking yeah. passes. It's like this. This goalie and, and this goaltender in the, in the hockey is just at a disadvantage. Yeah. Can't even get some get some laps around the rink. Something. No, no, he skates right to the net, does a couple of leg kicks, stretches <laughs> once or twice, and like they drop the puck again. And it could be in his zone, like or no, sorry, usually it's after goal, so it's probably back at center ice. But last night they scored, they put in five last night, and I was like, man, why aren't they pulling this? I think it was after the sixth one they pulled him. Yeah. And this guy who came in cold still let in three more, including one for a hat trick, but. I can't blame him though. He's probably stiff as a board. Yeah, no, it's not his fault. I mean, he'll probably get stuff. That, that's a great. That's a great, great. call out, man. I, I seriously, I'm sitting here jogging my mind here of what else it could be, and uh, there's not much. I mean, maybe curling. Uh, I mean, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. I, dude, you're right. I got nothing, man. I got nothing. I think it should just be an open, uh, an open thought that you just think of all the time. And if you think someone's can one up the goalie, I mean, we should try to do it. So moving out of NHL talk, let's go into uh, the wild weekend, the wild wild card weekend. Um, I did great. Did you see my picks? Did anybody see my picks on Instagram? Yeah, man. 0 and four. That's that's pretty good. It's better that's, than 0 and twelve. I mean, 0 and four is impressive. It's almost hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Jim went Jim went 0 and 4 too. We yep. picked the same games. We yep. did it separately and then we showed each other, you know, what before we posted it and I was like, how would these lose? Yeah. We said that to each other. We're like, how, how, how are these games going to lose? And they all lost. And they all lost. all lost. Dude, if the birds pulled out the dub, if Carson didn't get hurt, I, I would look like a genius in the NFC right now. I picked the Vikings, and then I picked the birds. Um, I think they would have had a legitimate chance if Carson didn't go down. But you right. lost the two AFC games too, right? AFC, I was, yeah, I'm done on the AFC side. I'm done in the whole bracket, but the Vikings were the only game I got right. You didn't, you didn't take the Patriots? I did take the Patriots. Okay. Yeah. You were talking about it on episode 25. You were all over that pick. Oh, and I took them. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. I took the, I took the pitch. I mean, they're my team. They're my favorite team, of course. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a I feel like he flop. says it every episode. Every episode. Every <laughs> team. So, so tell me, dive in your favorite team. I, I uh, made a couple of points here to, to go over each game. Is, your, is, your, is the dynasty over, Bush, for your favorite team of all time? Is, is um, Tom Dunn? Tom is going to the Chargers, and uh, he's going to play um, <laughs> in the new L.A. stadium. They're going to pay him, and uh, he's, he's already got his house. What? He's from there. True. Yeah, he's he's he already sold. His, he's got his house up for sale. Um, I think he did other things. The trainer or something. His personal trainer already moved out there or something like that. So Tom's going to the Chargers. Uh, Rivers is going to go somewhere else, maybe if not retire. Um, Dynasty is not done. Um, Belichick's going to raise some random QB that we've never heard of, and he's going to have a decent season. Dude, Jacoby Brissett, anybody remember when he was a third string and he still won games when Brady was out? I mean, who was Jacoby Brissett up until Bill Belichick saw him? So uh, I, I don't think the dynasty's over as long as Belichick's at the hem. I can't tell to what point you're, <laughs> at what point your point becomes a joke or like a true <laughs> statement from you. Yeah. Because I do agree with the whole quarterback room thing. I love that one image of all of them running out on the field together, Brissett, Garoppolo, and Brady mm-hmm. could raise a good quarterback. But at the same time, I don't think Tom's leaving. I don't think Tom's going to go anywhere. Uh, and I don't think the dynasty is truly over. I don't know if they're going to win another one, but they're not going to be – they're never going to be god-awful. Brady said he's not giving New England a home a home advantage or a home discount for uh, this offseason. So um, – those were words that came out of his mouth. Uh, so unless Patriots are going to pay him, I mean, he said he's going to play for another at least three years until he's 45. Um, I don't, I don't see why the Chargers are a bad option. Brand new stadium, they'll play second fiddle. Brady isn't expected to do anything crazy, but he's got pieces in, in the LA Chargers that he could actually make some noise with, and we'll see, man. I don't know. I don't know who wouldn't want to have him. Exactly. Exactly, and what better team than the Chargers? I mean, Philip Rivers is a bit Hall of Famer, but he never really led him anywhere, and Brady has the opportunity to lead him somewhere. I had uh, obviously had the Pats in my playoff bracket. I had uh, side money on the Pats against Meade, actually, right? Meade and I went at it heated that morning. Like, yes. heated. Like, Meade and I were going to punch each other through our group chat. That's how heated it was over Tom Brady. And uh, I obviously lost the bet, but not until – the final whistle, like the last maybe 30 seconds. I forget exactly how the game ended. I didn't, I truly thought they had a chance. Yeah. I thought they had a chance the whole time. Um, I, I'm trying to recall the game. They had the ball last, right? And there's never a guy you want to have the ball at the end of the game than Tom Brady. Well, they had the pick six. They had the pick, the pick six. six. But then right. That's what it was. And after that, there was 15 like seconds. Yeah. But even after that, it was like, Got the yeah, these. I remember. I remember they had the pick six, and I was like, I told, I told my girlfriend, I was like, listen, uh, there's still time on the clock, and Brady's about to get the ball back. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, you just never really, I, I you just can't write them off. But obviously, that ship sailed, and uh, now we have the Titans. Yeah, these. Here's, I don't agree with you here. Um, I know you said boring Texans Titans, like boring. boring. Um, I disagree, man. I'm excited to see Deshaun Watson and, uh, well, not really excited to see the Titans at all. But Deshaun Watson, I'm definitely excited to watch. Um, they're bringing, you know, but one thing that does bother me about the Texans, they're talking a lot about Deshaun Watson's Alabama championship game. That is the most irrelevant thing you could possibly, you know, talk about when you went in regards to the NFL. They're going up against who? The Chiefs, right? So, I mean, dude, it's it's completely irrelevant, in my opinion, to talk about Clemson, Alabama, when you're when you're talking about Houston Texans and the Chiefs. Mm, I would say irrelevant in if you're talking the team game, yeah, it'd be irrelevant. But if you're talking to Sean Watson and his kind of like poise and 
and a resilience in like a big time game, his mm. presence in a big time game, I think that makes sense. Mm. And the aspect that he can play at the big, you know, big moments. And obviously, back in the day, he was in college, so it was like to scale. But now he's kind of had some time in the NFL and being like eye to eye with another pro team. I think they're talking about more the person than the team game of like he's going up against Alabama again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So why are you? Why do you think they're a sleeper? Like, why? Why are you not excited to see different teams in the playoffs for the AFC? Great point. Um, one because it's not the Steelers. Um, two because um, I just don't think I don't. What does Ryan Tannehill bring to the table? He had 97 passing yards, I think, or something crazy this weekend. Yeah, Derek Henry. Derek Henry. Derek Derek Henry goes. I mean, Derek Henry runs that team. He runs that team. Um, but in terms of the Houston Texans, like I don't get a wow factor from from them in, in the recent, you know, in the recent history. Uh, what else we have? I'm excited to watch the Ravens this weekend more than anything. Yeah, I'm excited to watch the two teams that are. I mean, they're probably both favored to win the Super Bowl, right? The Chiefs and the and the Ravens are probably both up there. I do yeah. have a, a future on the Chiefs, um, so I'm I have pretty a excited. On the about you got a future. All right, cool. So we got a little something there. That's cool. Um, I honestly, they went two and zero. I placed in September. Yes, you did do that. That's awesome. Um, I I'm with you on the Ravens. I mean, I don't really care about my five dollar future on the Chiefs at this point. Um, I want to see Lamar Jackson get one, man. I'm I'm really excited for this young guy's career. He's doing so good. You want to go to the birds game a little bit, Bush? Not really. Um, other <laughs> than the fact that. Uh, at Carson, here's here's my take um, on the on the whole Clowney hit. Um, if if it's hard to say, I don't think he did it on purpose. I don't. Um, I think that it should have been a flag. Bottom line should have been at least a 15 yard penalty, whether or not Carson stayed in or not. I mean, that's up in the air with the concussion or stuff. But I think at a minimum, it should have been a 15 yard penalty. At a minimum, it should have been a penalty. Um, yeah, when you take an unbiased look at it, right? I mean, I know all of Philadelphia was kind of up in arms over the hit. If you take an unbiased look at it and truly, like, just take jerseys off and, and look at the hit itself, I don't know if it was truly malicious. It looked really bad. Mm-hmm. It was truly malicious. There should have been a flag and a foul regardless, just due to the way they're calling the game nowadays, Right. right. If you right. look at it 20 years ago and you're like, football is football, let the guys hit each other, that's a, that's a fine and dandy play. But when you see other calls that they're making in the past you know, two or three years trying to make the game a little bit safer, that's a, that's a no-brainer call that there was some sort of I mean, head-to-head contact, whether it was you know, malicious or intent, who knows. But they make that call every other week. Sometimes, right. sometimes you know, they, they shouldn't be making the call and they still make the call. They right. go, you know, over and above to protect the player. So in that case, I, I just want to stay consistent. Just stay consistent throughout. So yeah, that, for that sure. To uh, to add to your point there, too, Deves, um, this NFL season I think is the takes the crown for when you slow things down in slow motion, everything looks ten times worse. Um, and I think in fast motion. That hit was probably so fast and, and so minuscule that it didn't look like a penalty. Yeah. Um, just like all these pass interference calls or non-pass interference calls look like pass interference when you slow it down and stuff. So um, I think you could chalk this season up as working out some kinks with that whole slow-mo stuff. I think they're going to have to do something about that to make, make sure, uh, I don't know, maybe calls do get reversed or I, I don't know, man. And even that clip itself of the clowny hit, I uh... – I only saw the three seconds where they make head contact. Like you don't see any of right. the previous before that, which I'm sure you know you can access it somewhere, but you don't get to see the entire clip itself. You see the three seconds where his head bounces off him and Carson's head bounces off the turf, which like right. I want the whole perspective on. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, I know you were freaking out about it, but you probably had a very biased opinion on it. I don't it. want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> no comment. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm an unbiased viewer there, and I kind of am with Deaver. Like I don't. I don't know if you can if you can call that 100% of the time. And you're looking for consistency. And my issue is with consistency, this is the league that we can't even define a catch anymore mm-hmm. half mm-hmm. the time. And it's right. it's frustrating. To your point, Bush, the slow-mo stuff is uh, – it's, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes I wish it didn't exist. Right. I mean. Right. Absolutely. 
so whichever way they want to go, I think that's like the that's the message I'm preaching is consistency. It's like mm-hmm. whether you know whether we're reviewing every play, whether we're not reviewing every play, whether we're seeing it in slow mo, whether we're not seeing it in slow mo, or they want to make calls to protect players, or they want to make calls to score more points and call them catches. Just let us you know give us a little forewarning of what we're what we're getting into every Sunday. How about the refs now? They used to go over to that tunnel and like look at it through like a big screen. Yes, yeah. And now they're over there on like um, iPhone 4s yeah. like looking at yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, come on. Do you remember that thing? It was like, I'm trying to compare it to what, what that was like. It was like... Uh, it looks like the medical tents they use now. It, yeah, it was as big as the medical tent, but it was, a, it was a TV screen. Or it was almost like they were going in like a like a submarine to like look above water or something. <laughs> yes. To like view the play. That's a great way to put it. Um, but Deeves, uh, enough, enough about the birds. I mean, everyone's kind of sick of hearing about it. Uh, what could have been seems like definition of that Eagles team this year, but, uh, the Vikings, man, I'm done on, uh, I'm done trashing, uh, Kirk cousins. Um, the he guy, trashed, he trashed you a ton this year in fantasy. <laughs> I went three and zero against you with my quarterback. Right. Yeah. So between fantasy and watching him obliterate me via fantasy and then watching him actually show up on these, uh, you know, big time games, um, I believe he won his first Monday night football game this year. And then he also knocked the saints out at the Superdome. So, I mean, uh, what more do you want from him now? I think he's proven. He doesn't prove anything. Like that game didn't prove anything for the Vikings and Kirk Cousins for me. It proved a lot more for the saints for me. Okay, I've, been, what I've been a really big saints hater for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually a pretty selfish reason two years ago or a year or two ago, First week of suicide pool, I bet them against Tampa Bay Bucks at home, and the Bucks beat them. And I was out of suicide in the first week, like a hundred dollar suicide pool or something, <laughs> something where I was like, and the Saints lost at home when they really shouldn't have. Ever since then, I can't stand them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they lose games like the Falcons the game this year. Didn't they lose that game to the Falcons this year? Yeah, they, they got they got whooped too. I think they're just they're pretenders. I think I really I really do. And they come in the playoffs and like they cry about a couple pi calls. And I'm just kind of tired of the noise of the Houdat, you know, of the Houdat Nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it proves more for the Saints that they are who I thought they were. <laughs> Deves, uh, another thing, too, that shocked me was how much of a hater you are of beloved quarterbacks in the NFL. You don't like Drew Brees. You don't like Russell Wilson. Um, did the Russell Wilson asking about Carson Wentz at the end of the game change your mind at all? I was... <laughs> Me just being the antagonizer I am with that kind of stuff. Like we'll talk about the Luka Doncic stuff later, but me with Russell Wilson, like when I saw that video, I was like, I almost thought that he did it on purpose because the camera was right there. <laughs> that's how much. That's how much I'm already like just programmed in my brain. Like Russell Wilson's not the guy. He's a really he's a really nice guy. He's a really good quarterback. Maybe it's the short thing. Maybe I have like a short complex. I don't know. Right, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. How, what's your take on Baker Mayfield? I don't like him either. All right. Well, then you got a short guy problem, and I'm a, I'm offended. <laughs> we should all be offended. Yeah. Deaver's yeah. got a short guy problem. Yeah, we're all offended. Yeah. Then I don't like anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, anyway. I, 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 I don't really know what it is. Um, I just think that I guess I think they're pretenders. I don't know. I mean, they're also competitors to to my you know to my guys. So. True. Very true. Well, I, I couldn't disagree with you more. I like all of them. I, I love Baker. I think he should do less TV commercials. I love Russell Wilson. I think he's uh, a genuine human being. And uh, Drew Brees is uh, one of those guys we're going to look back in 20 years and say we got to watch him play. So, uh, and, and I'm surprised you don't you don't like that. You of all people, when we talk about goats, I think Drew Brees is uh, right up there with the Peyton Mannings and Tom Brady's when uh, when we look back at it. Yeah, he has that one that one great Super Bowl ring, doesn't he? That's great. That's awesome. A lot of a lot of good teams, but there's one one ring. That that's what bugs me. He's got the passing yard stats. Um, I mean, he's broken records every year. Uh, but I don't know, man. I'm just still not. Something rubs me the wrong way, and I'll figure it out one day. I don't know if it's. I don't know what it is. It just the Saints and Generals organization bother me. You're the fan of true black and gold. Um, yeah, the true black and gold, the re- the real black and gold. Fair enough. Well, keeping it in uh, football talk here, let's jump into the Sunday Sunday morning league, Dave. What do you say, huh? Yeah, tell me about it, man. I'm actually missing out, missing out that I'm not playing it. So, wildcard weekend Saturday. Saturday we had two playoff games. Sunday morning before the Eagles game, we had another game, not a playoff game, but the first game of 
a new flag football team in South Jersey called the Hungovers, and we're talking right now live with the starting defensive lineman, mm-hmm. Justin Williams. He also plays in the NHL, but uh, starting defensive lineman, Justin Williams. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so starting uh, defensive line for the Hungovers flag football team of South Jersey. Um, anyway, it, it's an awesome league. We got a lot of the local boys that uh, went to high school and grew up with on the squad. Um, honestly, did not know what to expect with this league in any way, shape, or form. Um, there's some legit teams, and then there's some teams that are you know, probably what we initially thought we were going to be in that league, like pretty trash. Um, turns out, we uh, we open up week one with a forty four to six W victory, man. It was awesome. Uh, Bryce, it was fantastic, dude. I didn't realize he had uh, good hands. I thought he was a lineman. I didn't realize he had receiver receiver hands on him. He's light uh, with the feet too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Bryce uh, Bryce catches two touchdowns. Is like almost a hundred yards in the first game. Um, myself, uh, I'm not on offense at all. Uh, strictly defense, and I'm right on the guy who's snapping, dude. Like. I asked the referee before the game started, I said, how close am I allowed to be to this guy who's snapping? <laughs> so, dude, picture me, picture me, like, as close as I am to my mic right now. I was just going to say that. <laughs> like, dude, just, like, blowing, breathing in his face, like, coyote breath, because it's Sunday morning, so it's, like, so bad. And this guy, like, no joke, I drew a holding penalty, right? So this guy is, uh, he was way bigger than me, but I didn't care. And I was running, and he's shoving me, dude. He's manhandling me, like throwing me down to the side, like I'm getting obliterated. And then there's three or four or five, six plays where I just blasted past him and sacked the quarterback. And, dude, I felt like Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. I was doing the, doing the <laughs> thing, like, eh, what you want? And, dude, it was unbelievable. Then all the boys, I think the boys were shocked, too, because uh, Sugars texted me the next day. He's like, hey, I'm keeping stats. Bush, how many sacks did you have yesterday? Oh. So um, that fired me up too, um, but yeah, man, we have uh, going into week two as the uh, number one team in the league based on uh, point differential. So uh, we're playing another one and zero team next week, the Aqua Birds, which is a way too serious of a name for a flag football league on Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Hey, big question. Uh, I was at actually the first ever um, training camp. Jim and I were practice squad guys. Uh, how's the quarterback battle going? I know it was uh, hot and heavy between Sugars and um, Bryson. I know a lot of you don't know them, but I just know the Hungovers have a quarterback battle going on. Week one, who got the start? Uh, Sugars got the start, and okay. Sugars will maintain the quarterback position going into week two. Yeah, you put up a 44 um, spot, you do. Yes, he played. Uh, he played quite well. He's actually pretty quick, too. Um, he's got uh, quick feet, so he scrambled. You're allowed to rush one time every four downs. Um, so, like in the second or third down, he would he would book it. And we have actually designed plays where like we'll send up some of the D guys. So I actually did go in on a couple offensive plays and throw blocks. Um, it was me, Johnny, and Bryce throwing blocks for Sugars as he's running behind us. I mean, dude, it's pretty it's pretty cool. So there was actually you would love this, Steve's. Um, there was a uh, another team there watching and keeping stats because they were like super serious about it. And he goes, yeah, uh, just looking at your team compared to the other team today, we had you at minus 18 and a half. <laughs> and he's like, and you guys covered. You definitely covered. And I thought that was sick. There's lines to flag football. Mm-hmm. Dude, I need to get in on that. There needs to be a bookie for this league. Yeah. Yeah, it was sick. So he said that, and I was all fired up. I was like, 18 and a half. We should have been 30 and a half. Like, I was just like, dude, I got chippy with one guy. He kept throwing his shoulder into me. So I'm like walking back to the line. I throw my shoulder into him, like completely unnecessary, dude. This is Sunday <laughs> morning. Like, you guys all have full time yeah. jobs on Monday. Like you can't yeah. be hurt. Which Bryce, Bryce was at urgent care about the ankle. I saw that. He's questionable yeah. for Sunday. I heard. He is questionable. Um, but yeah, dude. Like I'm walking back to the line, like, and I'm like, yo, keep throwing that shoulder. Keep throwing that shoulder. Next play, he holds me. I go, ow, ref, yo, yo. <laughs> And the ref, dude, and then I'm like, I'm like complaining, doing my typical, like, what was that? And the ref points at the ground, and he had thrown the flag, and I'm like, oh, sorry, sir, sorry, sir. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your call. Yeah, and I did. I literally go, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Thanks for noticing. Um, so one ref watches the line where the like, you know, offensive defensive line, and then. Yeah, line of scrimmage. Thank you. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And then the other ref watches the rest of the play to make sure there's no like illegal screening and all that extra stuff going on. So it's actually pretty fun, man. Uh, I like it a lot. Well, we're gonna we're gonna keep tuning in um, every every week. We'll we'll do a little segment on the pod and just listen to how you're doing. Get uh, get those stats up though. Three sacks. That's rookie numbers. 
Yeah, three sacks, my first ever uh, flag football game in five years. I'll, I'll take it, but I'm, I'm going for four or five next game for sure. How's the swag looking? You get new cleats? You get new gloves? Yeah, so uh, I bought a pair of Nike gloves off Amazon, two-day prime. Why not? So I figured, let's, let's let it okay. ride. And then, uh, yeah, and then I just got some, dude, I, I kind of look mean out there with the black leggings and the black cleats. Everybody else is rocking white cleats, and I'm the only guy out there with black. So um, it, it looks kind of goony, not going to lie. Either a goon, yeah, you're either a goon or a psychopath, like good. Mm-hmm. like So keep on the psychopath side because yeah. you could really easily go over that that goon line yeah yeah well i'm definitely definitely teetering more towards the psychopath side uh in in routine life and in the flag <laughs> yeah just look at you now man uh i wouldn't <laughs> you. yeah yep that's my line don't <laughs> me <laughs> uh all right so you want to uh, run through the some big news that came out today and throughout the past couple weeks um rumors obviously of nhl co- or NA- nhl nfl coaches being fired Today, we had a lot of them being hired. Just today, um, the announcement of Matt Rule being hired in Carolina, Mike McCarthy being hired in Dallas, and Joe Judge. Is it Joe Judge? Yes, correct. For the New York Giants. Um, My biggest question mark here is Joe Judge being a wide receivers coach for a team that has some pretty, I mean, not great wide receivers, like – Maybe he's coached them up to be great wide receivers, but if you look at the Patriots' offense, they usually get regarded as the dink and dump. Look at that. What perfect timing. Ham has <laughs> just joined us to talk about Matt Rule signing in Carolina. Hey, boys, how are we? Can you hear me? Amazing, man. That was actually pretty crazy, the timing of you sliding in, just hijacking our call. But you heard me say Matt Rule. That's how excited you are. You heard me from Florida say Matt Rule, and you had to jump in. Anyone who mentions that man's name, I'm on it. I'm ready, baby. <laughs> Dude, you guys are watching these videos, right? The videos of his press conference? They're how pretty damn you, cool. How can you not be fired up about this, They're man? pretty cool. I saw one. I'm, somebody was calling him Pastor over those college, For him to take over those college football programs and have the success that he's had, I mean, it's the, the proof is there. Even though this, he hasn't really had a lot of NFL experience, this is his – First time becoming the head coach of a of a program, but I'm pumped, man. I'm so excited. Give me the background. Does he have any uh, pro experience at all? Was he ever like an assistant or a wide receiver? Or... Go ahead. So with the uh, he was an offensive line coach with the New York Giants when they won their Super Bowl. So he was with uh, Chris Snee, David Deal, all yeah. those guys, those yep. Hall of Fame offensive linemen. And, and that's what we need. So transition to Temple after that. Yes, and that was kind of. Uh, he coached Temple to ten win seasons twice, I believe. That Temple team was nasty. They beat uh, they beat Penn State under his under his watch, right? And then uh, I know the Steelers drafted um, um, that linebacker. I can't pronounce his last name. Matt Matikevich or oh yeah, no. oh yes, yeah, Matikevich. Um, he was under he was under Matt Rule's team too. Then Matt Rule goes to does he go straight to Baylor from Temple? I believe so. Yeah, I. Uh, I've just been doing my due diligence of research right after we hired him because I don't want to like jump the gun on any of these guys until they're in the building, and then I want to find out about him. You know what I mean? You want to have glass half full mentality like he's the guy? Exactly, and we don't really know anything about these head coaches really until they get into the building anyway, and we kind of – because you never really know. Some of these guys could be getting a fresh start from what they've previously been through. Like the Patriots coach, for example, seeing him with the Giants, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he's a special teams guy. But Harbaugh with Baltimore started the same way, so you don't really know. Right. My biggest fear with a college coach jumping in the uh, – I keep saying NHL because we're watching hockey right now. With a college coach jumping in the NFL is you're motivating athletes that are the ages of 19 to 24. And now Matt Rule, who – he's a younger guy, right? Is now yeah, he's 40. Going from the, the the college ages to, you know, I mean, this guy's almost as old as him on the team. Um, so, I mean, you know, X's and O's are, are, are somewhat the same, but in terms of being a leader and uh, a motivator, it seems like he has he has it from watching those videos. But that's my only concern. I mean, I would be concerned as a coach myself of just making that jump from, from kids who are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and probably would listen to almost anything you say to professionals that have been there and saw, see, have seen a lot and could almost see you as an outsider coming in. Like, what do you know about the NFL? Because 
you haven't played. Very true. Yeah, for him to for him to he said he always wanted to be at the highest level of coaching. So uh, this is actually the only team that he interviewed with was us, and we didn't let him leave the building. So when it comes to the the grand scheme of things, I mean. We're stuck with him now for about six to seven years, I believe. So we really don't have a choice but to trust this guy with our entire program and to kind of reset because that's exactly what we're going to be doing. But uh, he was asked questions about about Cam, and he kind of he was beating around the bush because beating around the bush. But uh, but it <laughs> all depends on Cam's health, the underlying factor, and we pick at seven, so. It would be very interesting to see if, if we pick a quarterback at seven. They say Justin Herbert from Oregon could fall to us. And with this coach just coming right out of college, I mean, yeah. you don't really know, but I'm pumped. The videos that I've seen, this guy pumped. You um, you said one to me today about his uh, his defense. Are you playing what, – what's your current defense? And is he switching it or he was acting like – it was a very wishy-washy answer from what I saw, right? Yes, is he bringing in extremely – did anybody else get that get canned? Is he bringing in his own staff? The, the the tweet you sent me, the video, it was he got asked if he was gonna run a three four or four three, basically, right? And yeah. his response was, "We're gonna see what works," which I don't think that that's usually what a head coach says. That you're yeah, with what they think works already. I honestly think that we switched to a three four because of Tepper and his experience with the Steelers. Mm. But Ron ran in a four three. And Rule said that he's had success in a 4-3 because basically down and distance football, four downs, you have if you have more hands on the ground, you have more guys in the trenches, which is more basic football fundamentals. So 4-3, you'd think. But I want to go back to a 4-3 because that's Keekley's best that's, game. That's his bread and butter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, some of the direct questions, he kind of went around them, which was smart because it's so early right now, you know? So early. It's playoffs. We don't even. He doesn't, he doesn't know where his office is. He stepped right off the plane with his yeah. wife and his kids. Yeah. yeah, just bought a new house. I mean, he doesn't even he doesn't even have sheets for his bed yet. We have, yeah. What do you mean? Like, you're running a three four. So 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 boys, I uh, I want to talk about Joe Judge real quick. Um, and here's my take on this because I think I think this this is true. And no, Deaver, I'm not messing around. This is actually all serious the whole time. So. <laughs> Joe Judge, right? Special teams coach, wide receivers coach, whatever you want to call him, on Bill Belichick's staff. Bill Belichick got his career start as a special teams coach. So Bill Belichick would not choose somebody to run his special teams that he did not fully trust to manage a solid special teams program. So looking at this guy as a special teams coach, He's obviously going to be a solid contender if he's on Bill Belichick's staff in the same position that Bill Belichick got his start on. So you got to trust this guy. You got to understand that Bill Belichick wouldn't choose Joe Schmo to run his special teams. Bill Belichick's going to choose somebody who's special, Joe Judge, who I do believe is going to be pretty solid in New York. And rant. Well, I don't. I I find it very interesting that he was scheduled to meet with the Giants that supposedly rule was going to be with the Giants. That's yeah. who the Giants wanted. So yes. Tepper being the smart businessman that he was signed him, didn't leave him. He didn't let him leave. But the thing is with this guy, he went into the building and wowed them apparently with everything that he said, his plan of action, how he was going to hold training camps and how he was going to change the whole organization and how he was going to handle Daniel Jones. So because he kind of said what they wanted to hear, he became their guy. And because all of these coaches have been hired extremely quickly, like the Rooney rule is just – it's becoming a big thing right now. For the people, tell them a little bit about the Rooney rule. So the, the Rooney rule, it's kind of – it incorporates an act of fairness between – African-American coaches and Caucasian coaches or minority coaches, however you want to put it, just to just to give a fair level playing field. But this week, uh, Benemy, for example, he's an African-American coach and he's been the leading name in coach with coaching candidates. And he hasn't even been interviewed that often. And now they're trying to say, well, uh, a lot of these teams, they haven't even interviewed African-American coaches at all. And they're just doing it willy nilly. And there's completely dismissing the rule 
which Carolina, we, we interviewed Benemy and we interviewed uh, one other coach. I believe it was uh, the Cowboys head coach, McCarthy, and we just went with our third guy. And But some teams are just jumping the gun and signing their first guy. Yeah, this, uh, this combo is iffy. Like, I don't want to dive into it, but... Um... But yeah, I don't know if the... I, I don't know anything about this guy. I'm going to ask you to tell me the Rooney rule, but at the same time, like, I just think uh, to some extent too, I, I, I mean, it came from the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? That's where the rule came from originally. Um, I believe in it. I also believe in getting the best guy possible for the job. Um, I don't know if there's a limit on or a, a, a minimum number of people you should interview. I think it's their mistake for not interviewing some quality minority and African-American coaches. I don't know if it was truly prejudice of them not doing it. Um, that's where like it's gray and it's kind of like walking on eggshells talking about it. Um, I just my- find it, I find it very interesting that uh, a lot of Giants fans that I follow, they're just very shaken up about Dave Gettleman in general because a lot of coaches didn't even want to interview in New York because Gettleman was there. But just, I mean, this guy's under the Belichick coaching tree, so why wouldn't you want to? I would take, I would take a shot on the guy. I mean, come on. The one weird thing with Gettleman, I heard and I, I saw from a different, uh, different podcast. They were talking about. He said Gettleman, one of his press conferences, said he hired four computer guys. Did you hear that a couple weeks yes. ago? Yes. Computer guys. Yeah. So he's hiring quote unquote computer guys, and now he hires this guy, Joe Judge. That's where I'm like, I, that's where I'm questionable. Like, does the guy really know what's going on? It's funny because a lot of a lot of owners and coaches are saying that well now they're getting into the analytics of things. Mike McCarthy spent an entire year off of football diving more into analytically driven football, but he's never put that in game situations. So at the same time you can say that you've done all this homework, but when it comes down to game time in-game decisions, that stuff's going to go out the window and they're going to go back to their old ways because it's what they know with coaching. I'm honestly most excited for the Mike McCarthy hiring. I think I think that one he was on the bench for a while, right? What it's been uh, two been years, two years, right? Which I think for a name like that and for what he's done in Green Bay, I, I feel like that's a while. I think a lot of him being ousted in Green Bay was just the um, the power struggle between him and Aaron Rodgers, um, and I thought he should have went on the last go around of, of head coach hirings, like. Gase going to New York or the guy going to Arizona out of Texas. What's um what's the guy that went to Arizona? Um out of Texas Tech. I thought I thought Mike McCarthy was more qualified than those guys if he was looking for a job. So for him to go to Dallas where he's already had, you know, success in Green Bay with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, I know we're not the biggest Dak Prescott fans on this podcast, but that team, numbers wise, is one of the best it's one of the best offenses on, on paper. Um, out there in the game with one of the top quarterbacks, top running backs, top three or four offensive linemen, and one of the top wide receivers in the league. So if he can't do something with that team, um, there's something serious wrong with that organization. I don't necessarily think that uh, McCarthy couldn't get a job. I think that he was probably holding out for the perfect fit for him. And, dude, honestly, if you're going from the Packers to the Cowboys, like you're going from – one gigantic fan base you're not going to jump down to a lesser one than that and then what's another big fan base like the packers the cowboys so i think dude i think he landed in exactly where he needs to be and uh and i'm honestly a little nervous mccarthy i mean i don't i think doug can out coach him on a regular basis i think doug is a smart coach but mccarthy's definitely going to bring all the dogs every single week and you can expect that i just think it's it's funny that for some reason in my mind, I feel as though Jerry just didn't make a good decision again, regardless if this was Mike McCarthy or not. I just feel as though any coach that he hired extremely quickly like that, it just it's not going to be a good fit. I just feel as though the Cowboys' success is coming when Jerry Jones is gone. Really? I really think so because, dude, he hired McCarthy so quickly. I understand when you have your guy, you have your guy, but I mean like he I think they fired Garrett and the, or they let go of Garrett and the next day they hired McCarthy. Can we talk about the departure of Garrett though? I mean, they probably were talking to McCarthy for two or three weeks before they they actually truly quote unquote let go of Garrett. I mean, we had the report 
truly, I think it was 14 days prior to him actually leaving the building that they were going to sit down and talk. It was like, it was, what do they call it, Black Monday? The day after the season. They were going to sit down and talk on Black Monday. I guess they did. And he didn't get fired until, I think it was at least 10 days after. And they still don't even, have they even announced it? Did, has Jerry talked yet? I didn't see a single report where he was fired. No. Every, it was just let go of the organization, no longer Moving away from, part of ways. that. Weirdest, weirdest thing, man. And, like, everybody knew he was fired. It got reported on, on, on Black Monday that he was gone. Mm-hmm. And and it just hung around, hung around, hung around. There were There, there was reports of them interviewing other head coaching candidates and the guy still wasn't officially. He's, I don't think he's. I, I still. I, it's hard to believe he's actually gone. And other reporters on Twitter were saying, "No, hold the phone. He's not fired yet." Because he wasn't. Not fired yet, but he is going to be fired. Right. It was just. It was just a, a not a good situation for the Cowboys. Had to be a shitty I, ten day works for that guy. Yeah, I remember seeing a, one report that said. Uh, it was probably four or five days after everybody knew he was going to get fired. It was like Jason Garrett talking to players as if he's expected, expecting to come back next year. Like, <laughs> and then the next day, Mike McCarthy got hired. Like, what the? Yeah. What was going on, dude? I could just see I could just see, like Jason Garrett in the locker room talking to Zeke or something as they're packing up their stuff. And Dak's like, why is he talking to you right now? Like, he, like, he's talking, like see a training camp, like have a great summer, like yada, yada, whatever they why say. Why are you still here kind of deal? Like, why are you still hanging around this place? told him yet? Yeah. Hey, I thought you were appreciate fired. You, appreciate you chiming in on the uh, NFL coaches talk, brother. Thanks for coming at the perfect time. Of course. Always, man. Always. Yeah, while we're, uh, while we're here, we have uh, Tampa Hoob on. Hoob, who's your uh, – out of those that we named of the new hires, which is your uh, – who do you think has the best record this year out of those teams? Not best record, but has the best performance. Oh, I'm gonna go Judge. Wow, my man. Yeah. Wow, my man. Give me why. Well, I mean, I was just buying what Bush was selling with Belichick's. He's uh, a sales guy. Too. I mean, That's I why. was just buying it. You know, he's not gonna put a guy in special teams that he doesn't view as a uh, son, for lack of better words. Right. And exactly. So the guy's been trained by the best and uh that's that's a hard argument to uh to go against so i'm with you bush and i got i think i have i want to root for rule but i'm gonna say mccarthy yeah that's i think probably my second he's my second for sure and i know who's ham ham sam no it's a marathon for us boys not a sprint <laughs> not next year got six. Ne- got next six. year is not our year yep <laughs> I am in this for the long haul, baby. Believe me. All right, boys. So uh, enough with uh, enough with the NFL head coaches talk. Um, let's get into some modern events here and just uh, give a quick shout out to our armed forces and thank them for all they do. Thank you very much. Uh, to me, it's always uh, what do they call that? Salute to service. To me, it's always salute to service month. So um, thank you to our to our armed forces. All right, everybody. So we are back for episode 26 beer review. Love this beer review that we have here. Hoove came in clutch with a with a rare find here. Uh, I've never seen this one before. Deves, what, what do we got going? So it's a zero IBU pale ale with Citra, Mosaic, and Motuka? Motuka hops? Um, how can something be zero IBU? Is that different than... It's different than ABU's. Just IBU is like the bitterness of it, right? Like the hops yeah, yeah. in it. Yep. It's zero. It's uh, brewed and canned at Hidden Spring Ale Works. Who? What was the first time you had this? Where did you find this? So, um, I'm I'm a, I'm a beer guy, but I'm not like crazy. I'm not one of those crazy beer guys. So, just like girls picking football teams, I go by cool. I like cool cans. Yes. Yep. And yes. Um, the the OG can when I had it for the first time about a year ago has a middle finger of a hand that's been cut off somebody and i've got a picture of it i'll send it to you to you guys right now it's really cool and um i was like shit i gotta try this and um honestly there's this beer in the northeast called heady topper i don't know if you guys have ever heard of it just it's like a vermont beer super hard to find people waiting hours for it pay absorbent amounts of money for it it's the closest thing i've ever had to heady topper and I, I just personally, for as an IPA fan, I think it's a really good beer. I feel like Jim is going to give us a 9.9. I'm, I'm Don't, no pressure, dude. dude. I feel no like Jim pressure. Is, Jim is licking his Be yourself, I'm man. No, no this pr- is the most 
uh, small brewery, micro brew kind of can. I think oh, I've right. ever seen with a sticker on the tin can like that, yep. dude. Yeah. We haven't done right. we haven't done a review. I've seen cans like this, but we have not done a review like this. Yeah. All right. Do uh, you want to hop into it? Can. Yeah, hop into it. I want, I'd, I'd like to say something real quick. Listening to you guys' podcast, and it's happened once just sitting here tonight, one of my favorite little nuances of the podcast is as I'm listening, when I can hear this in the background and Jim, Jim did it a little bit ago, like right in the middle. And as I'm listening, folding laundry, working the day job, whatever. And I hear the little in the background. I don't care what the heck you guys are talking about. I just like laugh and shake my head. You don't even be talking about beer. That's awesome. So that was zero fucks given. Let's do it. We're going to pour out first in a glass. Best enjoyed. Mm, It's got a nice color to it. Yeah. It does. had a terrible pour. Yo, Jim, you have another one of those? You should pour it like they did in uh, China and Disney. True. That was a bottle, though. Jeez, Steven. What I, I, I that's much better. But if you get a little of the foam in there, it's supposed to make the... All right. The hops. The hops. <laughs> All right, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Let the foam set a little more. Got a, got a milk mustache. That was a rough first facial expression out of you, Deeps. Yeah, I was more upset at my poor. That was actually yeah. this taste of myself. Gotcha. <laughs> Looks like you're drinking a milkshake. <laughs> That's why I'm mad. Just give it a second. Yep. What I experienced so far is really good. That's it. Well, what do you think? Jim's the IPA guy. Jim, give me your give, give me another sip and then give me your reaction, Jim. Um, I love it. Uh, it's got a very, very not too strong citrus flavor to it. Uh, normally with IPAs, sometimes you get that grapefruit overkill. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more of a uh, I'm not. I guess kind of orangey, a little little it citrusy. Says citra, yeah. On the can, which I don't know what citra is. I guess it's like that's Bryce's favorite. No joke. Citra. Yeah, citra. Like a, dude. Then he would love this because. Yeah. I actually would. I could see Bryce drinking this. It's not like crazy, like bitter and right. strong. <laughs> like. Yeah, the thing I don't love, like what turns me off from IPAs, is when it's super bitey and it has like that aftertaste. Yeah. So, where this doesn't have this doesn't that have like it. throughout. Where it still gives you that bitterness of an IPA, but at the same time, it's not like, I don't know, hurting you or you're not tasting it like five seconds after. You know what I mean? Mm, gotcha. I mean, I'm already done. I mean, I had a lot of foam in my like, I'm already <laughs> done. It's just, it's just that easy. Well, let's, go, let's go around the horn here. What's the percentage? And, and who? Give me, give, me, give me your breakdown of it because I know so, you so I'm, a lot. Yeah. So my big thing with this beer is, is I don't like citrus beers but I love Mm. IPAs and this has just enough of that citrus in it that takes down kind of that hoppy bitter aftertaste like over the top. Right. But like everything else in it is just kick ass, like just good beer. And I could have three or four of these, whereas some of these other IPAs like can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's a really good middle ground that and you can like look at the branding on the can and the way they describe it they don't really describe it as a citrus beer because it's not but you can find that in it yeah and uh i think that's what makes it cool you know it's just the branding of it in general right it's cool it's a good find we'll go to the brewery is close to my house we'll we'll go in there definitely definitely. bush they actually had this out the other night at uh at parks and rec go on they had this out last night uh, or the other night a couple nights ago at parks and rec Hoove sent me a picture of it saying, like, yo, when I, when I come up for a beer review, we're going to do ZFG. And I was out the other night, and in the cooler behind the bar was none other than ZFG. We had no idea the entire time we were there. Interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. So that's cool, too, that it's out. Like, yeah. yes. Was it cold? Yes. There's a lot of places that sell it, they're like niche grocery stores, and it's not cold. Okay. So like, I get it at a grocery store called Duckweeds, and it's, they always have it cold there. 
Uh, yeah, here it was like in the cooler, like next to Coors Lights and McUltra's, but I saw the can that had the second yeah. picture. So I was like, oh my God. That, yeah, the brewery's called um, Hidden Springs Ale Works. It's right on Franklin Street downtown. Duckweeds. That's a hell of a store name. Awesome little urban grocery store. It's amazing. Duckweeds. <laughs> about as big as, it's about as big as uh, FBP Tampa headquarters here. <laughs> I feel it. I feel like if I called someone a duckweed, they'd be highly offended. <laughs> All you got to do is sub out one letter, and it gets really offensive. No, <laughs> so boys, let's go around the horn. What do we got here? I haven't heard a number yet. What do you want, like beer seven, and I still haven't gotten a number yet? I just refilled mine. I just refilled mine because half the first well, one was off. I'll go first since I've had it before. Yeah, definitely and do it. This is something you guys will learn about me in the next you know, couple months, hopefully. I'm a binary guy when it comes to scoring. It's either yay or nay. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no middle ground. I grew up filling out surveys that say, how likely are you to represent this product? Somewhat maybe maybe likely, like mm-hmm. one through 30, rate it. Like I can't do that. One through three is about as high as I go. So I'm going to go binary today, okay. and it's yes or no, and this is a major yes. Major yes. Okay. Interesting. That's a new one on the beer rating segment. I like it. I feel like that's my threshold of five. Five's I like, fair. I feel like that's yeah. my threshold. If we're, we're we're a ten scale on the beer reviews, that's like threshold five. But like the sixes are soft. That's like the that's the maybe. Yeah. That's the maybe. We're like the, the eights exactly. are, are super likely or the yeses. And for me, it's that eight point eight. Mm. Whoa! Yeah. You got Lindros on us? Yeah, eight point eight flies on in the background. A little good luck. Um, the great the 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 big eight eighty eight. So someone's had a good week. Yeah, Dave, if you're an 8.8, what in God's green earth name, whatever you want to say, is Jimbo on this one? I'm gonna give it, I was going to give it a 9.3, so... Oh, my goodness. It's very good. It's really it's good. Very it's good. really good. He talked it up, and he, and, he, and he backed it up. Like, this is good. This is a really good beer. My biggest fear is that I don't, I don't know if it's, like, one of their bread-and-butter beers. Like, is it always going to be... Around? Yeah, or is it a rotating? Like, it's been here for two years, so I think okay. it's probably around. Okay. It's very soon. good. Yeah. Jim, you've, you've had Crushing It from Kate May. Um, now, that is a, what, 8% beer? Can you compare that for me, since I wasn't able to drink ZFG... On a scale from crushing it to, to ZFG, what how similar are we looking here? Not as orangey. Not as orangey and sweet. And I, crushing it is more of a sweeter type of citrus to it. This is more of a not. I don't want to say the word bitter because it's not, but softer, softer, softer less, softer, less in yeah, your face. Less, yeah, yeah. It's not. I honestly could drink more of these and the crushing. It's because the crushing it's too are sweet. sweet. Like I could probably sweet. two eight percent. Eight percent. That's true too. We got to get Hoover Kate May uh, crushing it. We should. We should. Let's do it. Love to try it. Yeah. 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 This this is a beer. It's eight uh, percent, and it tastes like orange juice. It's it's dangerous. It's it scary. Yeah. It is horrifying. I actually had a rough experience with it with these two guys. Yeah. Right inside we of have a review, don't we, we on our Instagram? We do have a review. Yes, we do. Yeah. We Were you mixing it. it with uh, champagne? <laughs> Dude, honestly, you could, and you wouldn't wake up later that day. <laughs> Crushing it, mimosas. That'd be a great idea. Actually, we should try it. Dude, that's actually that's that's a that's quite the Fantastic mix there. Idea. All right, boys. Well, uh, let's wrap up the beer review, and uh, with that, I think we're wrapping up the pod here. I don't know folks, if we have a sits, do we? Tell the folks, uh, probably not. Nothing's jumping the head to my head, but tell everybody about our uh, kind of new schedule, our rotation that we have going for the week, and uh, what we're looking towards in 2020. Absolutely. So to all of our listeners out there, we have a 2020 rotating schedule on a weekly basis. So on Mondays, you can obviously always expect to see our FU Monday posts, knocking those players down in all different sports. I like to go seasonal on the sports. We might keep it NFL, but we'll we'll, we'll change it up here and there. I think we'll go seasonal. We'll go seasonal. I think we're going to have to. Yeah, I think we have to. Go back. We'll dig back into the archives, too, like some old stuff. I'm excited for it. Ooh. Pam does those fantastic. I, 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 however he does them, I don't know. It's 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 super simple. It's Snapchat or something. But I always just send him the videos because I I just I want him to do them. Yeah, 
I mean, they're amazing when, when they uh, get posted. And then on Tuesdays, listeners, you and fans, you guys can all expect to see DJ Nader, Turntable Tuesdays. You are in the mix with DJ Nader. <laughs> and uh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll listen for the air horn. Uh, Wednesdays, expect more way back Wednesdays. You're going to get some content from when we first started. You're going to get some content from even before we started, but we still had free parking on our minds. Um, and then on uh, on Wednesday nights, we'll be recording for Friday podcast releases. So um, Thursdays, uh, I think we're still um, – oh, Thursdays, Bryce's Movie Corner, baby. And next up, and next up as well. Next up will be Mondays and Wednesdays. That is Hammond's podcast. Expect a new guest on there every week, every episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, we, uh, we're grinding on a weekly basis every single day. And, uh, Deves, I couldn't be more happy about it with everybody on board. And we're grinding for you guys. We're grinding for the listeners. So uh, thank you, everybody, for, for listening to the podcast at all. Or if you listen to this point, super, super thank you. Um, and uh, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share, subscribe. And, um, yeah, awesome episode 26. Tampa Hoof, thanks for welcoming us to the city, man. You're welcome. And you know what? I'm just glad that um... – I didn't have to listen to you butcher Will Smith's Miami. This, this <laughs> we'll, get we'll get it in there again. <laughs> that was uh, that was abysmal. So. That's uh, well, that's a loyal listener if I've ever heard one. <laughs> he, dude, he knows some stuff where it's like um, the Croce. We just talked about. It. I was like, hey, did you see the wine? He's like, I'm showing him the new place. We have all the wines. I'm like, did you see my post with the wine? He's like, yeah, that's the guy that was going to drive your stuff down in the U-Haul, right? And I was like, what? You're man, connecting pieces now, Hoob. I'm a little oh, scared. I, mean, I, I told Dave, I was like, I, I retain more of this stuff than I do like work sometimes. <laughs> Driving over here today, it's this super shady semi going down the highway. Guys throwing furniture out the back, and I was like, oh, it must be the guy Dave hired. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I can't wait to get down there and uh, and shake your hand, man. It was great meeting you for the first time today. Let's do it, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. All right, boys. Wrap her up. Yep.